Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Sherm in the Booth. My name is Sherm. You guys are some true Chicagoans for coming out in January. It's snowing outside, it's freezing, and you're at the f***ing club at 1 a.m. Boys with the bass, yeah, boys, boys, bass. Who am I talking to right now? You're famous. <laughs> free food, free drinks, music, girls. Let's, let's go. go. Do you like it? Cool. If you don't, goodbye. <laughs> I'm missing the most important part. Boys with the bass, yeah. We should throw like a crazy like bar mitzvah party. This, this is crazy. Send me stems. I finished it. Hey, what's up, guys? How is everyone doing? Just wait. You know it kicks in like three to five seconds afterward. <laughs> <coughs> Yo, yo, what is up, everyone, and welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherman the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherman. Today is Wednesday, November 9th, 2022, and this is episode 215. We have an amazing episode for you guys today, and it features a very special artist who has had a massive year. It is my honor to have the one and only Maddie O'Neill as my guest for episode 215. Maddie and I have been trying to line this up for a while, and I'm so glad we finally made it happen. In episode 215, we got it all in. But I'll tell you right now, I approach this interview a little bit differently. I wanted to ask Maddie about gratitude. Now, something I've been thinking about a lot is practicing self-gratitude, and I wanted to get her take on what she's grateful for and proud of from her past, present, and future. This opened up a much bigger discussion on how she mentally and physically manages her life as a touring artist. I know this portion of the interview will resonate with so many people, so thanks for opening up and sharing, Maddie. We also had a great conversation on Maddie's relationship with music. Now she's described her music as dirty funk bass music, but make it pretty. And I think anyone that is so poetically raw when describing their music is connected to it more than the average person. For an artist like Maddie, music is so much more than music. It's a way of life. It's where she finds home. Now like any relationship in life, they come with highs and lows. And Maddie and I shared some stories of when that love is tested and when it's reaffirmed. I loved this discussion. Of course, we had to talk about her new album called Ricochet. This is her second studio album that just came out, and all I can really say is, wow. We went deep on her creative process when she was putting it together and where her heart and head were at throughout. One thing that continued to come up during an interview was being unapologetically yourself. And this album is her story that she wanted to tell the world. You have to check it out. While music is always at the core of my interviews, Maddie and I found ourselves on topics in and outside of being an artist, which was so much fun. She's a genuine love for making and sharing music, but in her own dirty but pretty way. Maddie, thank you so much for making some time between your tour stops and sharing some incredible pieces of advice for anyone that's trying to build their career. Now, enough of me talking, let's get into it right now. This is episode 215 with Maddie O'Neill. Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Sherm in the motherfucking booth. And I mean to say motherfucking because this is going to be a motherfucking great episode. I'm here with Maddie O'Neill. Maddie, it is such a genuine pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Dude, that just came out of me. I'm not going to lie to you. I did not plan on coming out with that much energy, but that's what happens. I like it. I'm here for it. Yeah. And I worked really hard for the explicit E on Sherm in the booth five years ago. So feel free to speak freely. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. There we go. Hell yeah. Oh, man. Listen, one of my favorite parts about this podcast is when I get to interview people that I'm genuinely a fan of. I've been following you for years, and I've heard so many good things about you on a personal level. We have a mutual friend, James Fisher, a.k.a. Align. I think you know him. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's one of of my dear friends here. Uh, He's been on the podcast uh, twice. And he told me a lot of great things about you. And uh, it's just awesome to be sitting here with you. And I'm excited to chat. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm happy to be here. We got a lot of mutual friends. I knew that we did at some point, but I I didn't know who. So that's good to know that people are saying good things about me behind my back. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, like I said, I'm five years deep into this. So like the mutual friends and connections, you realize how small this industry is sometimes. Oh, yeah. Sometimes too small. Yes. 
can be a little like high school sometimes, but I try, <laughs> I try to stay out of other people's business. So That's do I. The only way to do it, you know. It is the only way to do it, but it's it's like so rewarding for me when I see people that have either either met through me or the podcast itself. And like, that's what it's all about for me. Like, I'm just doing this because I genuinely enjoy talking to people about their passions. And then yeah. when conversations like this can spark conversations with others, like, it's just pretty simple to me. I'm just having fun. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. And you strike me as someone. Time. Yeah, exactly. And you strike me as someone that definitely likes to have a good time too. I do. Yes. <laughs> Part of the reason why I chose this career is because I like you know, I thrive in the chaos and the music mm-hmm. and, you know, everything that comes with it. So, yeah. Thrive in the chaos. Yes. Chaos is exactly what has been going on for you the past six months, because you have been on a rampage touring <laughs> headline show support. Uh, I mean, you played Lost Lands. Red Rocks was this summer, too. I know you played three times, right? Um Red Rocks was 2021. So that was last summer. Okay. I can't, you know, 2021 and 2022. I, I got to get to 23 at this point. I <laughs> We're almost there. We're almost, We're there. almost there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That was in 2021. I did direct support for the Floozies. And that was kind of like when the world was still coming back. So it was yeah. like limited capacity. Mm. It wasn't full capacity Red Rocks, but like it's felt just as awesome. Yeah. So, sure. yeah. How are you feeling like? mentally right now physically spiritually emotionally it's a um, i'm not gonna lie i woke up this morning and i was feeling like absolute shit <laughs> <laughs> um, yep that's because i just came off of like a four show weekend i was all over the east coast it was um philly rochester burlington and then a festival called evolutions outside of albany Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. And uh, two of those travel days were like, I literally went from location back to the airport. <laughs> so two of them, like if the first one was fine and then I had a night like that and then mm-hmm. the next one was fine. And then I flew home straight from the festival. So I knew I was going to sleep in today, but I took a bath, you know, I did the, the, the all the things I unpacked, I did the laundry, I repacked. Yep. The simple things in life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> my dog on a walk. And I, I was like, that is enough of an accomplishment for me today. <laughs> You're done. And now we're just going to yeah, chill and, and hang and get to know each other. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. This is chill. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> for sure. You said Burlington, Burlington, Vermont. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's like a really beautiful part of the country this time of year. Yep. It was uh, peak foliage. Yeah. I didn't know that that was like as big of a thing as it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, all <laughs> yeah, the, it is. It's what they all got. of the hotels were sold out. There was they were like the ones that were available were like seven hundred to nine hundred dollars. Sold out just to see the fall foliage. Yes. Wow. Yes, dude. I can't like say I've heard that. Influx of people, specifically in Burlington, it's like a thing. <laughs> uh, so I stayed with a friend because I couldn't even find a place to stay. But holy shit. Yeah, the, then the drive from Burlington to Albany was like so epic. It yeah. was it was good. I I've played Burlington like four or five times and I've always come like right before it or like I'm a little too late. So I got I got the peak foliage. They make you earn it in Burlington, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I guess so. I was like, okay. <laughs> They're like, yeah, no, this Maddie O'Neill. All right, all right. She can come in October. Fine. Yeah, she paid her dues. Let her see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. So that actually brings me to my first topic, Maddie. And, and like I said, I wanted to do things a little bit differently for this interview. You've been on many podcasts, many different press. You had your second album this year. Like you've done so many things. And I want to just get to know you as a person. And I told you a little bit about myself earlier this year. I got married and I've been thinking about life a little bit differently. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's going down. I'm actually moving in with my wife Friday. Oh, wow. Yeah, we couldn't get the leases to work out. So we got married in July and are moving together in October. And people have been like, so how's married life? I'm like, yeah, it still feels like we're dating, to be honest. Yeah, totally. That can be fun sometimes, though. You can stay in that honeymoon phase. Oh, yeah. We're riding it for sure. Yeah, it's it's been a a great, great time, though. I'm ready to move in with her. But um, just through like all the experiences I had with the wedding and people in my life and I don't know, turning 30 shit, I'm just, you know, 
thinking yeah. about things a little more differently. And one thing I've been thinking about a lot is gratitude. And gratitude is known mostly as just being grateful for others. But I think a lot about self-gratitude, which overlaps with self-care and self-love. And I wanted to ask you about how you practice self-gratitude because a lot has happened in your past, present, and future. And I wanted to go through one by one and just ask you genuinely, like, what's something that you're proud of from your past that you're grateful for? I am Deep grateful. Question. Yeah. I'm grateful for like a lot of, of like this imposter syndrome stuff that I had to get over mm-hmm. to get to where I am as a human, like mm. allowing myself to uh to grow you know what I mean and just kind of like letting go of you know all the stuff from your past yeah um I'm I'm grateful that I've found a way to uh just let myself grow and be who I am like unapologetically so yeah it took a long time to get to that point yeah I feel you on that I've definitely struggled with imposter syndrome I think a lot of people do in life especially in music yeah yeah I mean just I was in a duo project for like five years and I probably never talked about that whole situation but there was a lot that I had to get over leaving a duo project um to totally reinvent myself as a solo artist Mm -hmm. when I started the Maddie O'Neill project because there was a lot of like messed up stuff that happened in that relationship so uh yeah kind of like this whole this whole project in the last like six years was kind of me learning to be myself again um so yeah I'm grateful for for how far I've come since since all of that madness (laughs) yeah thanks for sharing that it's really interesting you said that I don't talk about it much either but I was in a duo project when I got into music and it ended horribly and uh I lost a little bit of my own identity in the process just from how it all transpired uh, during and after a lot of self-doubt, a lot of um, negative self-negativity. I mean, I was just trying to do things to prove people wrong and I was losing myself in that process. And only until recently over the past year, have I been just genuinely happy? Like I keep saying that word genuine and I just like, it's weird for me because I feel like it can be hard to be genuine because we, especially in music, social media, social climbing, and just trying to get to the next show, the next gig, like that's not yeah. what it's about. It's about the people you meet along the way and the experiences that you have because the present is called the present because it's a gift. And that's what I've tried to do. Yeah, 100%. Um, I practice yoga. Like I try and do it as much as humanly possible. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I still haven't found a way to incorporate it on the road because mm-hmm. there's sometimes just not enough time. Yeah. But um, when I'm home, I I'm not that great of a morning person, so I switched around my schedule so that yoga was the first thing I did in the morning, so mm. that I could have that moment of you know kind of just like that meditative yeah. start my day that way. Yeah. Um, turn on podcasts or uh, Spotify playlists, kind of yeah. get myself inspired and just take that time for myself before the day gets crazy. Um, so yeah. that's been a huge way that I that I've learned to have those moments and practice mm-hmm. gratitude. It's just taking the time to like, you know, yeah, put it all away and kind of be centered. Yes, meditation is so important, and like you said, centering yourself. It's um <laughs> that door just scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I was like, what the uh it's like really windy right now. <laughs> like the perfect oh what the hell? It's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's so funny. That's all right. I will I will do my best to ignore it. <laughs> and room was like purple too i was like what is she playing a trick on me right now which would no, be epic by the way no i just got the, the vibey lights going on this is okay my studio but it's kind of all the stuff is over here <laughs> going all hocus pocus on me i've never even seen yep. it that's what came to the tip of my tongue um, yeah 
So you kind of answered my next question, which is something that you're proud of today. It sounds like you just take that moment every single day to be grateful. Yep, 100%. Um, I am a true believer that like your physical and mental state just are one and the same. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they are, but uh, just having, taking that time to really like check in with myself because mm -hmm. life moves really fast and, uh, you know, just taking that time to realize where you're at in the present, how you're feeling. Yep. Um, not just constantly thinking about like, what's next, what's next, what's next. Yeah. I think that's kind of how like you maintain your core self a little bit, you yes. know, like just a little bit goes a long way. <clears throat> I mean, you 100%. know, I'm, I'm not Buddha or anything like that, but like I've, I've read a lot about it and just like distancing yourself kind of from the world actually helps you find yourself because yeah. I mean dude I live in downtown Chicago like I still work a day job like I just got married all these things I'm in music podcasts working at a record label there's a lot of things going through my mind yeah a lot of things yeah, right and I'm passionate about everything I do and um but I don't think there's any way that I'd be able to sort of focus myself and not even my time unless I did just think like okay what's important right now and it's just like my health and happiness because without that I can't do anything else yeah 100% yeah glad we're on the same page there yes <laughs> good okay the last part door is open again too yeah I know I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so what what's something you're trying to accomplish in the future that you hope to be proud of um no <laughs> um just in general career-wise or whatever just... whatever comes to your whatever comes to your mind um i think that although i have those practices in my life i'm still really working on the balance of you know having a career and a life yeah. And, uh, you know, putting my energy into both things equally, because I think it's important. Um, yeah. You can get swept away touring and doing all, all the things. But, uh, yeah, I think just balance is a constant mm -hmm. thing that I'm, I'm striving for more so every day. How so. do you actually try and balance? I mean... You just said like you come back from tour Tuesday, you have your bath day, dog day, and then it's time to prepare for the next show. I mean, yeah, yoga in the morning. Is there anything else that you do? Um, just trying to do like uh, normal stuff. I'm like I'm a I'm a big Colorado girl, so mm -hmm. I like hike and I snowboard. Nice. Um, and I have a dog, and uh, literally just getting outside and like being in nature and just mm -hmm. kind of having explore explorative activities in my life that are non-music related or touring, yeah. I think is really important. Um, mm -hmm. even just like going out to dinner or planning a date night or something. Yeah. You know what I mean, just having, having some normal life activities <laughs> involved really just helps a lot. Yeah, I know. I, I am a big believer in the relationship with the outdoors as well. Uh, yeah. my best friend is the one who really got me into hiking and backpacking and camping. And for a while, yeah. since I didn't have like too many friends that did it, I was just like, I don't know, man, like, I don't know if I want to use that as, you know, uh, my weekend. And then I did it with him one time and we went fully immersed airplane mode type life, you know? Yeah. And it's oh my gosh, it's the best. Yeah. yeah. I only got to camp one time this summer, but it was like, so absolutely necessary I came back and I was like oh my god just like putting my phone down for like a little bit <laughs> felt so refreshing <laughs> no it's like a bad tick sometimes I'm like yeah. what am I looking at my phone for again yeah. yeah I'm just like reach for it and you're like oh I don't know what I'm doing reach for it again <laughs> it's it's a lot is that what brought you to Colorado in the first place you've been there for 14 years you said yeah um it was, it was a factor for sure. Um, I went to see Boulder. Nice. I went to, I went from St. Louis where I grew up straight to Boulder to go to school there. Mm -hmm. um, at the time I was studying uh, journalism. Nice. I to be like a writer. 
cool. and they had a they had a pretty awesome journalism school and I'd you know it was either California or Colorado for me mm-hmm. and you know both because of you know the settings obviously contributed but yeah I've been snowboarding since I was like 10 or something so that was definitely a big factor that the fact that I could literally go snowboard on the weekends when I didn't have class like I would go up like every weekend my freshman year I was like I was like part of the gang that like wore tall tees and like (laughs) (laughs) the beanie of course yep 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 so I had like a whole squad um and yeah that that kind of contributed to how I got into music too was just like that community snowboard Mm -hmm. community kind of overlapped with the music community and I met some of you know the first producers that I knew that were also like pro skiers so yeah really pro skiers in music yeah they it was uh it's this group called robotic pirate monkey it was i heard of that probably because it's incredible name but yeah you wouldn't forget it if you heard it. no um so andrew hathaway was one of the first producers that i met in jesus god (laughs) That was a slam. Get out of me. <laughs> I gotta put something in front of the door because that's freaked me out. That scared me a little bit. I'm not even there. All right. <laughs> this is a first. Oh, that's hilarious. Um yeah, so uh Andrew Hathaway was a pro skier, and I met him just kind of like through that squad of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, him and his partner went by Robotic Part Monkey. And once I started like getting into music, um, they were kind of like my first buddies where I was like, you guys want to hang out and like nerd out on music shit? <laughs> yes. So, yeah. It's not the best. I feel like, uh, you know, well, you probably sh- share a similar story in terms of growing up in St. Louis, Indianapolis. There's nobody really talking about dance music and electronic music. And yeah. I had one friend who showed me Dead Mouse when we were, I think, sophomores in high school. And I was like, damn, I'm yeah. just now hearing this. Yeah. And then, sure. yeah, you know, in Midwest, I mean, Chicago is obviously like the epicenter of many different types of musical influence. But I went yeah. to IU and, you know, there was a culture there. But until I got to Chicago and met like people who are pursuing music, just that instant connection, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, my my brother was in a bunch of like indie rock bands in St. Louis. Oh, cool. I was like in, I would like, he, he would feed me like good music or like mm-hmm. underground indie stuff. Right. Um, so that was kind of like what I was into before I even moved to Colorado. And then like my, my brain was just like cracked wide open when I like saw that this like electronic scene existed and that there was artists like Big Gigantic and Pretty Lights and Grizz that were like fusing all of these genres together. I was just like, what? Holy shit. You know, it just said, <laughs> that was like my intro. I, I was never like, uh, I was never like a huge, I didn't like, I was never like a candy kid raver. Yeah, me too. No, I didn't go through that phase, but when I got to Colorado, it was just kind of like dove straight into everything that was happening in Boulder. And that was a really prime time for electronic music in general. Yeah. What year was that? Uh, 2008. It was like Skrillex just put out Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites. Uh, So it was like, then that was like a game changing record too. And I was just like, so I got into it at, at a very prime time i think dude fucking Skrillex, man he got us all into electronic music yes that that, yeah. that got me into it i didn't even know what i was nobody knew what they were listening to but we just know yeah. like it made you feel something like you had never experienced with music before yeah yeah that album was just like everyone was like what like <laughs> what are you using to make these sounds yes I know. And I don't, I don't know if you've heard of this record label that I work at. It's called Hood Politics Records, Matty. You've heard of DJ Susan or Nutty or anybody like that? No. So we did this just two weeks ago. We did a dubstep forever house remix uh, album. I'll send it to you. Oh, and wow. I, I did a remix with my buddy Flanino. We did Feel Your Love uh, with Nightmare and Flux. 
Um, DJ Susan did Zomboy Like a Bitch and Nutty did Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites. And nice. it's like this really tasteful remix of it. And John Summit just played it at his show at the Shrine. And oh, I think I saw that. Yes, yes, yeah. that's, that's yeah. Nutty's remix. And the feedback that we're getting is literally like us. You know, it's like our people that we just now are like reconnecting with. Like, I feel like at one point you went dubstep or like EDM almost, you know, or like fusions, sure. of course, right? But yeah. now it's like, we're all coming back together and it's all those like 18 year olds or 16 year olds or whatever the fuck was like, yo, fucking love Skrillex. It's been so long since I heard like that old shit. And now we all have house. So it's just like, I feel something in the air these days. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's like, I feel like when I first got into music too, it was wild. Like someone told me that like every 10 years, like every decade, like you see all of these trends come and go. Yeah. Um, and I've, you know, I've been doing music for a decade now. So, and I, and I feel all of these things kind of like resurgence, mm -hmm. you know, like making their way back around, Yeah, um, which is cool to see, you know, just kind of like seeing the waves in, um, within all those genres. It's pretty yeah. Wild. yeah, I know. I completely agree. And coming out of like lockdown and stuff, when people really didn't have any reason to be creating for a tour, and this is from people who I was interviewing. I asked them yeah. like a simple question. Did like your music production style change when you were just not on tour and did it for you at all? Um, yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed the freedom of making music without thinking about the context that people would hear it in Yep. Uh, or just like, I have to make bangers or like, you know, mm -hmm especially when you're on the road, you kind of get into this mentality of like yeah. thinking about how a song is going to come off in, you know, at a show. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I, I enjoyed the freedom of just like creating for just to create, you know? Yeah. Yep. You know, it wasn't a lot of that in the beginning of the pandemic. I was not feeling super inspired no, at all. But once I got my flow back, I was just like, mm -hmm. Oh, this is kind of nice, like, and, and freeing and kind of, you know, being yeah. able to have like more of a range, which I think you can hear in my new record for sure. It's just Definitely. like, I cover a lot of bases and I probably won't play those songs, some of those songs live, like ever. Yeah. You know? But that's like the point of an album to me is like you can stretch and, and do all of those things. So I'll take the words out of your mouth. You said it earlier, unapologetically you, right? Yes, exactly. Yep. And that's kind of the whole theme about you know, this, this new album, the ricochet, it was like, after I threw everything at the wall, all mm -hmm. the pieces came back and, you know, I, I clung to the things that stuck and felt the most genuine and authentic. Um, and I think that's the, the only way that you can do it is like, nobody else can be you. So yeah. if you lean into your unique perspective, you know, on whatever it is musically, creatively whatever field that you're in yeah I think that that makes you stand out the most that is actually I feel like how you beat imposter syndrome it will always yeah. be there but if yep. you just lean into who you really are and forget about what people have said what they are saying what they will say and know that it's it's you that's making you smile then yeah that's that's life that's a good life yes 100 percent that's awesome. Congratulations on your new album, by the way, Ricochet. It's so Thank special. Thank you. It is fucking nuts, dude. The sound design, man, like Back to Basics is wild. <laughs> yeah, you know we're going to check this one out together. This one's called Back to Basics featuring Def 3 off Maddie's new album, Ricochet. Pack your bags, let's take a trip down memory lane, hop in the whip. Way back, we was just kids, and every day was that same shit. Wake up, go chase it, and celebrate and get faded. Came up in that basement, stay dedicated till we made it. for sure i think yeah it's just so cool like it, it really is a story like uh i had listened to it when it came out and then um i think two weeks ago or something i just listened to it like front to back kind of walking around chicago 
and it really put me in a place mentally and like really? I, can't, I can't even explain it yeah i i always do that for like awesome. i like to take the time and i mean i'm already a fan of you so it wasn't like a task but yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was real like the intro i mean i i unfortunately have not been able to see you live but it made me excited that you decided to make a real album as an artist and yeah. I know you're like a great entertainer, but it was cool to see you take this, I would say a step back creatively, like you kind of just said. Yeah. Right. For sure. Um, I, I like, I wanted it to be a story, but I also wanted to, it felt like a culmination of like all of my influences over the years, you know, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, you know, I feel like any, any album that you make is kind of like a snapshot of who you are. Yeah. And, in whatever time period that you made it. Mm -hmm. um, but specifically this album, I, I was really proud that I was able to combine so much diversity and where my inspiration has come from, but also make it cohesive at the same time. Yes. You know, and I think a lot of that came from, I did a lot of like preparing before I really started writing, you know. Okay. Just kind of like uh, gathering tools for myself creating a palette of sounds and ideas and samples and wow. other songs that I liked. And I literally have a folder on my desktop. that's like album resources. And it was like, <laughs> just like tones, even like drum tones. I was like, I like this sound. I like this sound, you know, creating synth tones. And like, I, I really like visualized it before I started working and I think that's where the cohesiveness comes even though there's a lot of different vibes yeah, yeah it's a work of art is that different than what you've done in the past then yeah yeah um I don't think I've ever taken like as much time as I did just kind of like preparing to write which helped me get into like a flow I, I spent less time you know getting distracted or you know you're working on a song and you're like go down a rabbit hole of like <laughs> you know what I mean like so I tried to like eliminate the moments that I would catch myself doing that and of course mm. there was plenty of that writing anyway it's unavoidable but um yeah I think I was writing a little bit more randomly before you know but I really this was like my it felt like my first album because the first album just was so long ago so I've just yeah I've learned a lot since then <laughs> yeah definitely when was the first album um it was in 2016 so it was wow. the debut album that I came straight out the gate with when mm -hmm. I started my solo project from my old project mm -hmm. I, I wanted to just be like I'm still here yeah <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone has any doubts about anything like you here's sound a, like me yeah. and track album or whatever chip on your shoulder whatever. type shit yeah so I really wanted to just come out with an album right away but I but I was like anxious to do that so I, I think I just started writing yeah you know yeah and I really respect you for releasing an album like that because we live in a world full of singles there are a lot of artists who would never release an album. There are a lot of artists who don't like releasing singles. Did yes. you like have that battle internally or was it always going to be this album that you were set out to do? Um, I've been doing a lot of singles and EPs over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I just like had this moment where I felt like it was time yeah. to write my next like big, bigger body of work. Mm -hmm. um and I think coming out of the last couple of years that we had you know I had a lot of uh what's the word for it just things in my brain that I needed to get out <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that's good enough for sure <laughs> yeah so I think it was a perfect timing you know finally bouncing back from those two years and just like the madness, you know, was my career ever going to come back? Like, who am I without music? Mm -hmm. You know, all those things that were like circling in everyone's head, I think, um, especially if you were an artist and your career got, you know, taken away from you, you, yeah. you think about all this stuff. Um, right. 
So when I finally like got back into the groove of things, I was just like, it's time. <laughs> so I yeah. That. I love that. You gave your own music a stamp of approval, which can be very hard to do as a producer. Yes, 100%. Very hard to do as a producer. And it's actually interesting to hear you kind of describe it because you define your music as dirty funk bass, but make it pretty. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> yep. to me, like... I love that so much because there's no one describing their music. Like when I saw that, it's like poetically raw, you know, like it, it's, it's more than authentic. It's like right up the fucking bone, dude. Like that's what your music is. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, this is like how I feel when you talk about your music and it's deep rooted in you. What, like if, if you could try and describe your relationship with music, how would you describe it? Um, it's always been a huge part of my life. Um, growing up, my my dad was in a band and my brother was in a band and mm -hmm. we had a we had a music den in our house growing up. So it just like had all the instruments. Uh, and so it kind of, it feels like home in that sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's also the making music is the only time that I can fully like turn my brain off like yoga as well but it's a yeah. very meditative um practice for me also the, the act of creating it yeah uh, I love those moments where I sit down and I like lose track of time and then it, it, you know at the end of like a six-hour session I'm just like I have no idea how I just did that <laughs> <laughs> out of body like, I literally like black out sometimes and I, I think that's the coolest feeling ever is like you can get lost in something and and just fully be in it mm -hmm. yeah oh my gosh I love <laughs> I love what you said that music is is home to you yeah I feel the same I really do it's like I love all types of music and I uh like so many got into records over the past couple of years and yeah. I recovered my dad's records and some of my mom's from like the seventies and eighties. And like, I have like their original Michael Jackson thriller and like Bruce Springsteen born to run and uh, Marvin Gaye, all that stuff. And there right. was something so like tangible about putting the record on and like hearing like the imperfections of like the old record on like my speakers. And I feel like we've grown up in a digital age where like I hit play on my iPod, I hit play on the CDJ, like whatever it is. Right. And sure, there's yeah. a connection there. Yeah. But, like when you said that, like it was weird. I felt like I, I rediscovered music almost. Yeah. Yeah. It just happened, happened to me. Physical form. Um, but I, when I first started producing, I was going to record stores and digging for records and, mm -hmm. you know, sampling that way. And I, I loved that whole process, you know, like the, the ritual of going yeah. to a record store picking up records and like yeah. really like reading it and there's like the blurbs on the back and like I, I'd learned a, a lot about just music and music history mm -hmm. uh, by doing that um I really miss it because I do less of it now yeah um I don't want to get sued <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know I, I I got really good about um masking things or not sampling really popular stuff you got to dive a little deeper you got to dive deep and then you got to reverse it and pitch it down whatever you got to do yeah, put the thing down flip it and reverse it there you go nice yeah we'll get sued for that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i i i just think it's so interesting i've interviewed so many like chicago house djs who like talk about you know working at a record store and they would buy all the records that would come in so that no other DJ could have those records. Yeah. They would write, they would black out the name of the album when they were DJing and other DJs would come up and try and look at it. And I don't know, it's just like, that's not our generation. So I can't be like, how can we replicate that? But yeah. it's just so I, interesting. I think that, I mean, vinyl's coming back around. Yeah. A you know, people are buying vinyl records, you know, as merch. And, and I think yeah. it's, it's hitting that younger generation. Mm -hmm. I like feel kind of responsible in like teaching the next generation about that too. Me too. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I'm trying to figure that out as well. 
just like maintaining that connection to like I think that's everyone's responsibility in, in like passing down mm-hmm. uh, those things that we were the last people that had the connection to those those things in your past you know for sure oh I'm I'm right there with you I'm I'm like turning into the old man that says Back in 1982, the warehouse on the west side of Chicago, Frankie Knuckles played there. You ever heard of him? Well, you like this song yeah. and that came from you're like, like well, you're about to get learned. Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't think they really care. But it's interesting you said that because your live shows really do have like that tangible aspect to them. And for those that haven't seen you live, you play with Ableton Live. What's your actual setup? Um, So I do Ableton and then I have two drum pads. I have mm-hmm. like a an MPD 232 mm-hmm. so like finger you know MPC style yeah um and then I have a Roland SPDS so I have like the drumstick aspect as well Dope. um and I'm trying to like use that more and more it's kind of that's like the newer aspect to my live show okay but I'm playing you know a lot of times 80 percent of my own music in my sets it's like i made this i can i can interact with it more so than just like playing a master mm-hmm. djing and just doing the mixing aspect mm-hmm. it's a little it's more fun for me to be interactive um in other ways if if i have that luxury you know what i yeah, mean absolutely. So, yeah absolutely yeah it gives you that yeah, tangible aspect like, you're talking about yeah i do a lot of like you know chopping of like vocal samples and you know just effects as well as like drums and percussion and stuff but yeah it's fun you talked about losing yourself in the music how much do you lose yourself in a set sometimes it must go like oh yeah 100 (laughs) percent. especially a lot i felt like the lately i've been playing it went from like festival mode to like going back and playing like clubs and venues and stuff and i'm just Mm -hmm. getting this Sometimes you play like a really small room and the energy, the people are right here. Yeah. Rather you know, than like <laughs> 50, 100 feet away on a big yeah. stage. So I'm really enjoying like the contrast of that too. Cause like you can pack a lot of vibes and energy into a small room or club. Like I played uh, in Urbana. Like Hell a camp yeah. club couple weeks a couple weekends ago and people had like bubble guns going and like I could like feel it felt like boiler room stuff like Fuck yeah yeah so I, I I'm enjoying that too yeah no I completely agree an intimate setting with real fans is like yes when those moments happen it, you can't even imagine it they're so good sometimes yeah you have a great fan base too I um I always like to just like, I, cause I always comment on your photos. So I just end up like looking at all the comments. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, your fans are like really amazing people. Yeah. I think I have an awesome fan base. Like a lot of, a lot of people have been around for the transition between my last project and project now too, which is yeah. awesome. Because yeah. They've seen the whole entire journey. Um, and a lot of people, just the messages that I've gotten from this record have just been the sweetest too. I try to take the time to like read every message as much as possible, you know, because it's important for me that that helps me uh, like make it feel real too. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody else heard it now. Like, okay, cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I really do have great fans. I'm, I'm grateful for that because you can't control your fan base no you, know? you can't you can't and um another realization i've had for the past year is you know trying to make it as a chicago dj you hear every different piece of advice and i found myself chasing promoters and venue owners and agents and whoever else thinking that's my way to level up and grow and yeah. i needed to just look in the mirror and look around me and say it's actually my fans that are the reason that i do this yeah, and they're actually the ones who create the demand. They're the ones who do the hard work and promote for you and drag their friends off their couch to come see you play an opening yeah. slot and then are so proud to brag about you years down the road. And like, it's, just, uh, it's, it's so amazing. Like I, I always throw out free merch at my shows. I've been doing it for years. Nice. 
and I'll see somebody come up with like an old hat and I'm like, whoa, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, it blows your mind, dude. Blows my mind. Yeah, the, I mean, I think a big part about, you know, why we all love what we, just everything about this is, is community. And uh, yeah, if you can create a community of people, they are literally so responsible for your success at the end of the day. It's like <laughs> doing the legwork. <laughs> they are, they're doing the legwork. And uh, yeah, I want to say thank you to all my fans for making this shit yeah. worth it and a lot more fun. How, how do you like stay connected with your fans other than just reading messages? Um, I have a group on Facebook called the Mad Squad. Nice. Um, the so, Mad Squad, hell yeah. yeah. I try to be active in there. I I mean, honestly, I think a, just a lot of it is is taking the time to read those messages. Um, mm-hmm. I do it more so on Instagram than other platforms. Yeah. It's, you know, there's a lot of different forms of social media these mm-hmm. days. Um, but, you know, just taking the time to really talk to people and read their messages and uh, have conversations or yeah stopping at the merch booth after a show and just hanging mm-hmm. out with people just kind of like immersing yourself in in those scenarios and mm-hmm. saying thanks or listening to what people have to say I think yeah it goes a long way. of course I uh, I always remind myself that I was a fan first and I'll always be a fan first yeah for sure it's good to feel like that again too like when you go to like a show you're just like ah like (laughs) it like reignites that feeling yes i'm trying to push the movement the new green room is ga oh man i don't know about that Uh, (laughs) (laughs) here and there here and there we might have to stop there (laughs) oh man i know i know it it is uh it is funny well i guess you know in, in house music there's like this weird culture sometimes where it's like there's more people on the stage than in the crowd and I'm just like, what are you yeah. guys doing? Like you're is... on shoulders and shit, like go in the crowd. Dude, I have noticed that a lot about the house music culture. I actually, I played at Lost Lands and the set right before me was uh, Wooly's side house project. Oh shit. How was that? It was awesome. Uh, yeah. There was like a hundred people on stage. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think that they realized that like I wasn't, using cdjs mm-hmm. so by the time it was like time to like oh, for me to go on i was just like oh excuse me pardon me <laughs> i've got drum pads uh, <laughs> you know what i mean like nobody wanted to leave it was just like a massive party on stage dude <laughs> that is so funny the life of a, of a, a live dj yeah i was everyone was just like what is that like i was like this is okay. what i play live <laughs> that stage looked insane though yeah what is lost sands like i mean i i feel like i gotta go because it's just like it's in ohio you know it's like yeah. i don't know it's almost like a portal yeah it definitely felt like that <laughs> i i walked up and i was just like first of all the main stage is like a football field length Fuck. it was the biggest stage i've like ever seen even like main Jesus. stage Lollapalooza felt smaller than that <laughs> um, and there yeah they had fireworks and cryo and jesus it, just everything it was it was really well done all the stages were like super badass um i felt personally a little bit out of place mm-hmm. when i first got there because it's like you know a lot heavier dubstep and rhythm yeah and Heavy. you know that's like much less my world than I'm used to mm-hmm. but I was like this is going to be a great opportunity for me to stand out yeah as terrifying as it is to be like the odd person out in a scenario like that like yeah. people are going to remember your set over the people that all sound the same at the end of the weekend yeah hey uh, in my opinion. um and yeah they gave me a great slot it was I played I was the last set of the entire festival on the forest stage. Um, so, I mean, there was other stages going, but I like shut yeah. it down. It was like Sunday into Monday morning. Fuck yeah. 
And I got so many messages after that set, just being like, oh my God, that was exactly what I needed. Like, yeah, so refreshing after a long weekend, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, and I played a little, little heavier than I normally do, but still, I was like melodic and yeah, I knew that people had been there for four days. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I want to, I want to show you that you can like chill too, you know, like, <laughs> melody and like you know atmosphere and give them a break from like headbanging yeah for sure (laughs) you definitely delivered yes yeah so it felt it felt great I was like I think I made a lot of new fans from that set which is awesome I'm glad that I'm getting put in scenarios like that even though they're scarier than normal (laughs) yeah absolutely I mean I think it's an easy thing to understand the older you get in life is like when you go outside of your comfort zone, that's when you can grow. It's when you're challenged, but it's definitely when you kind of are like, this is what I'm capable of. Yeah. Yeah. You show up and you're like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not catering at all. Like this is just, this is my shit. Fuck. Yeah. You're not catering. I appreciate that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, and that's what I was uh, meant to say earlier is like, during lockdown, like not only did producers say, I'm going to be me. I think a lot of fans and music were like taking a step back and thought about like, what, what type of music do I really enjoy? Like, what is it about music that doesn't involve like going to a show and like festivals and like, you know, just partying and stuff. Yeah. Now it's just like this really cool, like intertwine of like collaborations, genre bending fans Mm -hmm. that like house fans that like dubstep both melodic techno and melodic drum and bass like yeah there's so many sub genres now too it's like, <laughs> yeah I, I can't keep up with that but i was like do you have you heard of like witch house or something and i was like no <laughs> should i have dude you're making witch house with that door opening and closing <laughs> i, I know <laughs> you're good okay. now but yeah i think you might have been making a witch house track before <laughs> yeah <laughs> witch house yeah <laughs> yeah that, you like- know what that's exciting and <clears throat> it's crazy too it's I almost it's like this weird feeling where kids are just like entering the space at such a young age with no barrier to entry you know like as a DJ yeah. we were talking about like having to buy a mixer and go buy vinyls and listen to the vinyl I mean yeah you might turn 16 and get a two-track serato mixer from your grandma and then you illegally download every song and you know what next thing you know you're 19 and producing and you're showing us up and i'm like well i'm just gonna go fucking sit down i guess yeah right it is pretty wild like like the younger generation that like the technology where it is now versus dude 10 years ago and social media technology it's like tiktok is fucking technology Right. Yeah. Just those, the combination of all of that is just like people's starting points are are completely different than where I came from, which is cool. I'm trying to, you know, keep up with (laughs) all of that, (laughs) but uh, we're just Midwesterners smoking our cigar on the front porch, talking about these fucking youngsters in our yard. (laughs) Oh my God. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but I think we have an advantage too, because it's like we, um, yeah, we just, we came from a very special place in yeah. the scheme of electronic music mm-hmm. and just own, owning that too is, is huge. Yeah. And I'm, I'm all about empowering the younger generation too. I, I know you are. And um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see young fans as well as like young artists come up in the scene. Yeah. Because, I don't know they just they see things a little bit differently than us you know and uh it can be refreshing yeah for sure I was doing um like zoom production lessons over 2020 cool when I didn't have any shows and Mm -hmm. I was like I loved the teaching aspect and like meeting you know younger producers coming up and like seeing what their perspective or approach was yeah just, just in general teaching. And so you always learn something from that person too. So it was like this really awesome exchange um, personally and creatively over the last, I guess I only did it during 2020, but yeah, it was fun. I love teaching. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time for it right now, but it was a good, uh, 
thing for that year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's obvious. Like when you teach, you kind of re-explain it to yourself. You're almost like, Oh yeah. Yes. Like I forgot about that fundamental that it's in my head, but I haven't said it out loud. Yep. 100%. Right. It's I mean, like just drilling it back in. You're like, Oh, okay. It's, it was back here. Now I got to bring yeah. it back up hey, here. You brought it to the forefront. Dude, I my wife doesn't believe me, but I have ADD displacement. If that shit is not in front of me, I do not remember to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think I do too. Yeah, right. <laughs> How do you uh, continue to like challenge yourself creatively though from someone who's been producing music for so long? I mean, is there a next level for you or is sort of just exploring new territories? Um. I think it's it's definitely exploring new territories constantly. Yeah. Um, what I really want to focus on, you know, I go through phases, but I yeah. really want to focus on learning more about like sound design okay. now. Um, that's kind of like what's on the forefront of my my brain because there are so many. It's like endless, you know. Um, and I really want to get a new analog synth Hell yeah. for my next project and uh, really just kind of dive a little deeper into sound design because I feel like the technology there is insane, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I'm focused on right now. Um, but yeah, I'm constantly exploring and, and wanting to learn more because it's an endless learning process when you're making music or learning your DAW or whatever. So yeah. as long I think as long as you stay hungry to learn, you're always going to be pushing yourself forward. You know, yeah. you don't ever get to a point where you're like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I know everything I need to know. Because then that 16-year-old is fucking lapping your ass. Yeah, right? <laughs> Completely. I, I totally agree. In, instead of asking what would your be, advice be to new producers because i think it's kind of obvious if you're trying to get in the game you need to just practice what would be yeah. your advice to someone who's sort of at that level where they want to take it to the next level but they're not sure how to do it um like musically or just in general as a career uh, I would say like just creatively, like you, you know, your brand, you know, what sort of artist you want to be, but you just don't know the next steps to take. Um, number one, just own it. Mm -hmm. um, it. Takes a long time to like really figure out your sound. Yeah. And I think that's ever evolving too. Um, so there's, there's not really a, a place where you're, like this is my sound forever but I feel like if you have kind of honed in on that aspect just own that space whatever it is yeah and the more that you can immerse yourself in a community of sorts whether that's an online community um, or your local venues just like put yourself out there you know what I mean that's that's the best way to get heard like you could be the best producer ever but if you don't just you know launch yourself out into the world nobody's yep. gonna know so yeah I think it's really important to find communities and other producers because it can also be isolating yeah um, to find you know find other people that have similar mind states as you and sh share with each other give each other feedback I think that that was a big thing for me is like finding people to do that with um i think it helps a lot like getting feedback from your homies <laughs> yep yeah i completely agree i i would have said basically the same thing surround yourself with people who are trying to pursue it as well and help each other because yep. together you will go farther and the ride is also a lot more fun yes 100 percent i'm glad i learned that one early on <laughs> yeah for sure and a lot don't unfortunately and um you know, once you kind of get deeper into the music industry, you know who they are. They're, you know, quote unquote, alone in the green room, right? It's like, yeah, you want to enjoy this with your friends because it's 10 times more fun, at least. Yeah. And, you know, it's a whole lifestyle. It's There's no off button. There's not. There's so, really not. <laughs> so you really want to you know, have those people surrounding you because it's not like you clock out of work and you go home and there's like a whole other, you know, 
set of things. It's just, this is your tribe now. (laughs) (laughs) Your tribe. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself, Maddie. Yeah. So uh, what do you got on docket for the rest of the year? You're still finishing out your tour, which has been insane. You just released your album. Is there anything you can uh, tell us? Um, so we, I think we've announced most of my shows for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So got some that are trickling out already working on next year's shows and, um, working on a remix album for Ricochet. Oh, sick. It's really exciting. I've got, uh, a bunch of really awesome artists. Some of my favorite producers on board already. So depending on how long that takes, we're, I think we're doubling up on the songs. So there might be 20 remixes. Dude, that's so Total. sick. Yeah. So I think it's going to be two remixes per song. Um, <laughs> hoping to put it out in January. Um, just being realistic of how long it's going to take to rally. I was going to say all, that's soon. All 20, all 20 people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's going to be the earliest it'll come out. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we're working on a remix album. Um, which I'm super pumped on. Oh. And then I'm kind of just going to be diving back into writing mode as much as I can in between tour dates. Um, got some cool collaborations already in the works, like single collaborations. Nice. And then probably, I, th- I think maybe an EP in the spring, like a shorter EP. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited to work on like singles and remixes now that I did that big yes. project because I'm just going to be like, oh, okay, it's done now. <laughs> wow. I mean, what, dude, you might be churning them out because you're just like, you have your process. Right. I hope that's how it's going to be. I've been kind of like completely in live show mode, but I'm really excited to um, get back in my, my flow state writing wise. There you go. And does your family still live in St. Louis? No, nobody lives in St. Louis anymore. My mom actually moved to Long Beach when I moved to Colorado or not. Okay. She ended up in Long Beach, but most of my mom's side of the family lives in California, mm-hmm. like the Bay Area. And then my brother was in Laramie. Wyoming. He, yes. He went to finish school there. Nice. Um, but he just moved to Aztec, New Mexico, which is kind of up by Durango. like santa fe okay um yeah and then my mom just moved to denver two years ago so she's in town so denver really is home like you'll be spending the holidays there yeah for sure they tried to convince me to move to la for a long time and then i finally reeled her in (laughs) colorado she's like actually no you're right (laughs) there you go she made it to the promised land yep she likes it that's awesome. Who couldn't love Denver? Yeah, for real. Amazing. Well, Maddie, this has been one of my favorite interviews ever. Um, oh, yay. Seriously, it's it's uh, it's refreshing for me. I hope it was for you to just talk about something other than like, you know, the plugins that you love to use. I would yeah. love to talk about that another time. But like, or what's it like being a female in the music? Oh, I, dude, I'm not fucking asking that question. Have you heard of Danny, <laughs> Danny Deal? Have you heard of Danny Deal? Yes. Yeah, so I don't think we've ever met, but yeah, I know she I, is. I interviewed her and I didn't ask any of those questions, but uh, I've always been a big fan of her and sort of uh, like her role in the music industry, right? Like she is a a powerful female who's done a lot of different things, but her thing is like, dude, I'm not a fucking female DJ. Like, yeah, I am. But like, I'm just a DJ too. Like I'm just an artist, just like any other male. And I I it's crazy. I don't think that people realize that when they ask that they are literally putting you in a separate category. You know what I mean? Even just the the question is like, you are different than everybody else. I mean, it's like, it's just like a weird line. Like, yes, it is important to shine light on. Sure. And on that as well. But to to a certain extent, I was just like, I just, I'm just a producer. I'm just a musician, a DJ. No, I don't like that question. Not a good question. It's well, thanks. (laughs) It was, it was, it was refreshing to, talk to you as well about just life shit in general yeah man just like i said a couple midwesterners smoking a cigar on the front porch <laughs> yep kick oh, back man. i got some i got some pho waiting for me too i'm excited i'm gonna watch a scary movie and eat some pho 
and get back to it tomorrow. <laughs> well, hey, you enjoy yourself and you enjoy your night. And thank you again for coming on the show. Um, it means so much to me. And uh, it's just great connecting with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. I'm glad Absolutely. we made it happen. We did. Hey, cheers to us. Yeah. Yeah, you got a little. Yeah. No. There we go. Waterloo. Hey. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Honestly, my my stomach before I was like, I was like, fuck, I need fucking something bubbly. And like I said, I'm moving out, and I was like, I gotta drink a fucking Topo Chico seltzer right now. God damn it. Well, I mean, they're not they're not terrible. No, they're not. They're delicious, actually. Strawberry guava. I mean, it doesn't even taste like alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. I like them better than White Claws. Dude, White Claw hurts, really hurts, yeah. hurts me deep. <laughs> it hurts. Spiritually, I, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, enough, enough of that shit. Enjoy yeah. your night. Enjoy your night, Maddie. Thank you again. Uh, you're yeah. fucking awesome and keep doing your thing. You're making a huge impact in the community. Thank you. That means a lot to hear. I feel yeah. like I'm finally, I got some steam going right now, like a resurgence. Dude, you I'm, are. You're an inspiration ride, for real. Ride it. You got momentum. I'm hopping on a fucking bobsled. Let's go. (laughs) Hell yeah, dude.